Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. and liberating things for me and I think why this thing came to fruition uh, you know I made a big deal that this stayed quiet you know and, and you know first of all you know what I was doing I was um, you know part of the rumors are things fly out of that building and so I wanted to see could I trust this building in the building. He wants harmony. 
Um, we can't beat around the bush. We got to get right to do I want to work for these people? To me, um, that's an awesome deal. And I understand, I think just from being around it and being a football fan, being up there in Stanford, playing for Bill, um, from being around Ronnie and feeling his presence to Tina Turner and Bill Ringler on that staff, I just get, you know, what dawned upon me. This isn't just a normal franchise. This is one of the iconic franchises in football. And the opportunity to restore that to its glory and to work really hard to do that, 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 that just got me. And so... What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Ida Faithful. How is everybody doing this wonderful and blessed favorite type of Monday of mine? Because as we all know, it is a Victory Monday. And Victory Mondays are my favorite type of Monday. So... Me and Adam were, of course, going to be breaking down yesterday's game. Uh, y'all will have to excuse my voice. I was at the game yesterday, and I'm pretty sure as a lot of you were, you were screaming and yelling as well. So you might be able to forgive me for a little bit of my voice today. Um, also, we're going to be getting in all the the goodies about the game. I've got a couple of special announcements that I want to announce. But before we get started today, as always, Radio AFS has advertising packages for as little as $25 a month. Go ahead and email me at NinerFaithfulRadio at gmail.com for more details. Also, it's the holiday season. So, you know, we got Christmas, we got Hanukkah, we got we got all sorts of holidays going on right now. And so, me personally, I know what I want for Christmas. I want tickets to the Niners Bears game so that anybody who's going to pitch in and get me tickets is going to go to SeatGiant.com and use the promo code Niner Faithful Radio and save on that Christmas present of mine. This month only, we're doing an extra uh, couple percent, so you're going to save 5%. And we also get 5% of that purchase, so not only do I get cool Niner Bears tickets, but I also get a little bit of uh, extra change to put towards the show. So that website again, SeatGiant.com. And the promo code is Niner Faithful Radio. Okay, so Adam said to give him a couple minutes. I guess he needs some coffee and uh, get his iPad going. So why don't we jump into one more song, and then we'll go ahead and get started on today's show. If you ever want to request a song, or you have a Niner song that you did or or know somebody that has, go ahead and get at me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Or even email. And uh, we'll go ahead and play it. But um, 
right now, I think we'll do this one. Yeah, what's up, everybody? Okay, so Adam went ahead and called in, so we're going to go ahead and uh, bring him on air right now. What's up, Adam? Not too much, my dude. How are you doing today? Thanks for having me on. Of course, of course, always, brother. But, yeah, like like I was telling you in the green room right now, um, there was a play in the fourth quarter. I want to say it, it was – we false started. I want to say it was George Kittle. That did it, yep. but um, it, it it was loud, and um, you could see Von, uh, you could see um, Tubbs pumping up the Broncos fans that were in the end zone, and you, you know, like 
Obviously, there were more Niner fans than Broncos fans there yesterday. Mm. Like obviously, but there was man, there were there was there was a lot of there was a lot of Broncos. Hey, let's keep it real, dude. The way the season's been going, I feel like I'm sure a lot of you know, four Niners people, I'm not gonna take mm-hmm. this card away, but I'm sure a lot of them sold their tickets, you know what I'm saying? And uh, hey, it is what it is, you know, some people out there need some money, whatever. I mean, you know, uh, now, if we were in the playoffs, that shit would be different. Let's let's keep it real on that one too. If we were in the playoffs, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. that, that definitely would have been embarrassing. Yeah. And I mean, there was a lot of talk at the tailgate, the last couple of tailgates, about candlestick. You know, and. Mm-hmm. I think that the Bible of Levi's, because the, the seats are so, I don't think what people understand is, so let's just take the seats that I'm, I'm sitting in, or I, I sat in yesterday. Mm-hmm. Those are about 100 to $150 seats from what okay. I've been able to get. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so... When you're a season ticket holder, that's how much you're paying that times ten. So let's just say it's a hundred bucks. That's a thousand bucks. So if you can make, let's just say, for example, let's just say the Broncos, for example, yesterday. Uh-huh. If you can make two hundred bucks, if you could sell your tickets double face value. And, pay, and you know, make a good good amount towards your season tickets next year. I personally wouldn't do it, but it's hard for me to knock somebody who's saying, "Look, I can make two hundred dollars off of one game." That that that's literally me being paying for two games off of one game. You know, you know what exactly. I'm saying? And exactly. hey, unfortunately, like attended like multiple games. And I mean, and, and, and unfortunately, it's not Niner fans that are buying the tickets. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's another good point. If you can, obviously, if you're going to sit all 20 bucks short, maybe like, hey, try to find Niner fans. But hey, I mean, uh, we don't yeah, know the I circumstances. Mean, exactly. I mean, me personally, I would. And the way, I, and maybe that's why I've never gotten season tickets. It's because I've never thought I've never seen why getting season tickets if you don't plan to go to every game. If you only plan to go to two, three games, why not just buy mm-hmm. tickets for those two, three games? You know, yeah. I can understand it might be cheaper just to buy the season, but like you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, part of the reason why a lot of people like gave all that backlash towards like York and the Foreign National Organization in general, you know, some of those Debbie Downers, and I hate to say it. Yeah. I feel like a lot of them like felt they quote unquote got burned from uh, buying season tickets with a new stadium, and then obviously Tom Sula and Chip Kelly kind of came yeah. in. And obviously, we know things didn't go that well, and they felt like they got burned and they lost money quote unquote. And uh, I feel like that's where a lot of the oh. saltiness is from. Like, hey, I bought these season tickets, I expect this and that kind of thing, you know? Oh, I, it, it, trust me, trust me. Off and and. You know that feel that you know they built that stadium off the back of Harbaugh and Harbaugh's wins. And, you know, but we're not gonna we're we're not gonna turn this into the bashing Levi's. Or the point was that 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 yes, there were a lot of Broncos fans at yesterday's game. 
there's been a ga- there's been games where I would say it's way majority Niner fans. I've been to games. Mm-hmm. I personally haven't been to a, a a Niner game period where I felt there were more of opposing fans in our stadium than Niner fans. Mm-hmm. But I yeah. would say, except maybe the Crygirls, I would well, what, say What do you yes, think it was, like 60-40, 65-35? What would you say was that? I would, I would say it was a good 60-40. How do you feel about Broncos fans in general? I'm sorry? How do you feel about Broncos fans in general? Most of them that I met in my I mean, life, they always seem pretty chill people. I, I don't – I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't – you know, uh, I didn't see any fights. I didn't see, you know, there was uh, – I mean, they were respectful. I mean, it, nothing, they, they didn't do anything that – it's like, hey, if I went to – what is it now? Invesco Field, there's Sports Authority or uh, – Whatever, if I went to the Broncos stadium, they didn't do anything that I would do if I was in the Broncos stadium. So we're, when yeah. we were on offense, were they loud and deep? Yeah. You know, especially towards the end of the game. Because you got to think of the first half, of course, they were quiet because they didn't have nothing to cheer about. Yeah, you know? true that. But, but, but uh, you know, towards that, let's say, especially that fourth quarter, <laughs> Once they made it, you know, once I would say once that pick came, and especially once they made it 14 to 20, you know, yeah, were they loud? Were they, you know, defense and, you know, let's go Broncos and all that? Yeah, but I can't be mad because that would be the same thing I'd be doing if I was in Denver. You know, so I don't, you know, Cry Girl fans, to me, Cryogor fans and Trader fans and and Sheacox fans are probably about the most annoying to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they don't care. Because they, I they, like, they enjoy the troll, dude. Oh, yeah. And I love the back and forth between, you know, the fandoms and everything like that. But, you know, Cryogor fans, as we all know, it's, you know, every season they're going to win the Super Bowl. And, and you know, it, 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 it was funny because, you know, the when I went to the preseason game uh, this year, Niners Cry Girls. You know, before you were, it was the Super Bowl. You know, and and I mean, they were just gonna whoop our ass and embarrass us and laugh us yeah, out yeah, of yeah. Levi and all that. And then you know, as soon as the game's over, oh, all of a sudden it doesn't count. All of a sudden it's just preseason. All of a sudden they don't care. <laughs> you know. But anyway, uh, that's what I, yeah. So. Just, just to kind of, we we could go on and on and on about about Levi's and and you know fandoms and everything like that, but but it was a fun atmosphere. But I'll just I'll yeah. just go ahead and leave it at that. But um, right. Okay, good. so at the the basically, I I feel that we can't start talking about this game with without you know George Kittle. I mean, you know, it's it's. It's officially the George, you know, uh, Brian Peacock of Locked On 49ers yesterday. He does a rapid react of, uh, I don't know if you listened to it, Adam, but um, he does a rapid they react. The podcast. I've heard of it before, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a really good podcast. You should listen to it. Um, sure. A lot of, lot of good information. And, and uh, 
he's actually an awesome dude. I, I had him come out to Empire Row earlier this year, him and, and um, Nick Winkler. Both of them came out to Empire Row. Really nice dudes, and, and, and really yeah, I, they like know nice the rest of the people. But anyway, um, he said uh, the San Francisco George Kittles beat the Denver Broncos 20 to 14, <laughs> and I think that's very appropriate to say that. I mean, um, I'm going to go ahead and pull it up right now. Well, I already got it off the top uh, what was that? I said, I'm actually supposed to be getting a jersey for Christmas for my brother. Like a month ago, he was like, uh, what do you want? I was like, you know what? A George Kittle jersey sounds pretty damn good right now. Right? Can't go bad with the number 85. I don't think so. Yeah, you know what's funny, though? Uh, before we we go ahead on the praises of, of George Kittle, which, you know, I'm not going to knock. I'm, you know, uh, I do want to kind of say this is that I think everybody should be cautious because I I think almost everybody kind of thinks that it's going to be like this every season. And I think that we're going to see, I I think we're going to see a dip in George Kittle. And I don't want to, I think we're going to see that a dip in George Kittle's production next year. Okay. Just just get to next year. Just off the simple fact that, you know, tight ends don't put up 1,100 yards every year. There's a reason that, well, you, you know, know. There's only one ball. You know, there's obviously, you know, Jet, yada, yada. What the, we don't even know if Jet's a lock, but needless to say, I think the point you're trying to make as well is, you know, the production might not be the same, but I'm also, you know, throwing in there. It could be obviously because of other players, you know, needing the ball too. That was the next point I was going to make as well, was that also, let's be realistic, George Kittle's season is, he's a great tight end, you know, he, he he's very athletic. I think that a lot of people don't anticipate how how fast he really is and his athleticism, and I think that, that, that they greatly underestimate his speed and uh you know von miller i said they they quoted him after yesterday's game saying like look this dude took 10 yard pass plays and in the house calls like there's not many tight ends that can do that joe staley was quoted after the game saying uh he he, i listened to this on niners.com they have this little roundup it's called like quote quote roundup or something like that but he said that you know he was in prime Joe Staley was around for prime Vernon Davis. I mean, Vernon Davis, best tight end in the league. And yep. Joe, and Joe Staley was like, I put him right up there with Vernon as far as athleticism and, and, and you know, the traits that he has. Yeah. So, George Kittle is an amazing player. You can't go wrong. I mean, when that first play when he got dragged down the 52-yarder, I thought he was going. Well, he got the shoelace tackle. I know. He was yeah, just on himself. You see how he got up? Yeah, literally. That is probably like the most shoelace tackle I've ever seen in my life. All right. He, it might have not been a shoelace, more like a shoe tackle. There we go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he basically what happened is he, is he got his shoe, tripped him up, which caused him to lose his balance, stumbled. Of course, he fell down. It, it, yeah. It's what happened. Probably the shoe didn't was, come off. Like, he got him up the skin of his teeth. 
for sure. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, we all know uh, it's 11, I want to say 11.32. He's up to in the season. Um, I know it's definitely 1,100. Um, mm-hmm. And also, I know that Shannon Sharp's record is 13 and some change. So he has the ability to – I think it might be a little difficult. He's at, you know, he's we'll at 1103 for the year. Just 1103? Um, 16-yard average. Up, four touchdowns. Could you Shannon look Sharp? up what, what Shannon Pelper's record is? I know it's 13-something. For sure. But, um, yeah, so um, basically, I mean, George Kittle, it, 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 I, I just – I'm stumbling because I have a lack of words. I've just never seen anything like this. And I watched Brett Jones play and Vernon Davis play his whole Niner career. Uh-huh. And I'm literally at a loss of of words. Well, if I might bring this up too, you know, we talked about production for next year, but let's not let's not act kind of like Running Davis. I mean, uh, let's not act that Kittle is like, in my personal opinion, anywhere near peak. You know, he came out like oh, no, 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 no. he came out a little raw, obviously as a pass catcher. Obviously, as mm-hmm. a blocker, he obviously they did a pretty damn solid job at Iowa to uh, get him ready for the NFL. But uh, you know, he he kind of snuck up, you know, during the combine process and all that. And eventually, I always bring this up, and I'm sure someone out there is tired of me. He was Mike Mayock's number four tight end um, after the combine right before the draft. So let's not act like this guy literally came out of nowhere. It's pretty much like how you like his kind of the skill set at the time. If you believe, obviously, that you can develop him. As we've clearly seen, we definitely have developed him. I think he has more ways to go as a pass catcher in terms of, like, route running and everything along those lines. So uh, well, he, he, I can tell you, yeah, 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 I wouldn't be shocked if he has another 1,100-plus yard season. I think what you're seeing is, which, of course, real quick for those who don't know, there is a slight update on um, strength of schedule because of the um, Yams losing to the Bears yesterday. I know that the the order, the – the order has stayed the same. It's us first pick, um, Arizona second pick, um, the Raiders. Well, last week the Raiders were technically number two, but now uh, now the Cardinals have the number two, uh, like the tiebreaker essentially. So they're at the two spot. Obviously, all three teams have uh, yeah, three exactly, wins. But exactly. I also saw a stat out there. According to percentages, the Cardinals now have the lead in terms of probability to get the number one overall pick. But we lose on out. Obviously, it seems like it's ours. But, uh, by the way, Shannon Sharp, career uh, single-season high, um, yeah. 11.07. 11.07. 11.07. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I could have swore he it's at 13-something. Let me see. Okay. Uh, tight end career. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, tight end single-season high. Yeah. Uh, record. I could have swore that they said it was Shannon Sharp. But well, he, had, uh, he had 214 yards in one game. That, that was the issue. Yeah, yeah, he needed, he needed five yeah, yards exactly. to break the single season, the single game record. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. It was Shannon Sharp's record oh that was a single game. Sorry. I was talking about the most yards in the season by a tight end. It's, I believe, like 13-something. Yeah. Oh, okay, so he, 
he he has a small outside. Uh, he he has a shot, a legit shot. I don't want to say. I don't want to say it's it's just a given, but uh, to get back to what you were saying also earlier with 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 Kittle, is I don't definitely don't believe that that he's fully developed as 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 a passing tight end. Uh, from mm. what I've heard as far as interviews with the coaches, is he's actually farther along as a blocker than actually a, as a pass catcher and whatnot, and so. It boils. It's not a lack of talent. Obviously, we we see what he's able to do, but it's just a lack of opportunities. Iowa just didn't throw the ball much to him. You know, he was in a very running based offense at Iowa, wow. so they're he was just giving him a million opportunities to catch the ball. But if you listen to C.J. Beathard talk about him, he they've always he's always said like, look, I know this is in George. Like George is an athlete. Like. <laughs> He has this in him. And I think what you saw towards the – I think the uh, (laughs) – I I laughed so hard about this because I think going into halftime – so the first half, you know, the game, we all know what happens. George Kittle goes off 210 yards, seven catches on seven targets, by the way. Um, Goes off, you know, nutso. I – think that Denver's halftime adjustments were pretty easy at that point. I think it was just, hey, let's stop number 85. Even though Wilson, I believe, had 82 yards going into halftime. And so Marquise had a catch. I know at least one catch in the first half. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I remember he got a nice ovation from the crowd when when he got up and they they announced his name. He got a nice ovation from the crowd. Um. It, it, so, it, I think what you saw yesterday, Kittle goes off the second half. The the, the the adjustments were very easy for Denver. Is hey, let's stop number eighty five. And yeah, I think you saw a re one of the reasons why Kittle's having the type of season that he's having is because for a lot of this year. You know, because Marquise has missed games, Pierre has missed games, Pettis has missed games. You know, we all know what's happened throughout the year. Kittle's been the only thing that we've got sometimes on offense. Burrito's essentially sure. sometimes been one ankle. You know, let's be Especially realistic. Especially with Kittle being out, we kind of use Kittle as a field stretcher to open up things for others. And by the way, if I may kind of exactly. quickly throw this in there, it, it seems like the record by tight ends, Rob Gronkowski in 2011, from the looks of it, could be wrong. I just went through a whole big-ass list. Um, thirteen twenty-seven. Yeah. I want to say he's. I want to say he has a record at thirteen twenty-seven. Anyone feel is. free to correct me out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna go ahead. Two hundred plus like with it. three games left, you can break it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I I'll go ahead and say that's correct because thirteen hundred. You said it was thirteen what twenty-seven. Thirteen twenty-seven. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So that sounds year about we were right. supposed to play the Patriots in the Super Bowl and beat them. Instead, Kyle Williams blew it for everybody. But that's yeah, 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 yeah. Whew. Fucking Kyle. Um, anyway, which Richie James is starting to slowly become the new uh, Kyle Williams because he may be real oh, nervous. It was good seeing Trent back there. He's good on good on kickoff returns. His kickoff return average. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. They put him back there at kickoff. 
I think it's yeah, just... Yeah, they got the I definitely don't trust him anymore either. That's yeah, for damn sure. He had a 15 average, nothing crazy, but hey, whatever. I mean, kickoffs, is, uh, I'll put it to you this way. I mean, I'll get your personal opinion about this, and then I kind of want to switch over to the second half because there's some points that I, I want to point out at the second half. There's still some players I want to get to. But um, how long do you think oh. until we just eliminate the kickoff and just put the ball at the 20? Man. Well, I think obviously, you know, the the probability of possibly taking out, you know, you could be in a desperate situation. Obviously, I don't, I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to remove it. Uh, I think they're going to kind of leave it as is. But uh, I believe now if you choose to stay in, you do get a bonus. I think now if you do stay in, I think they put out the 25 or 30, don't they? I think 25 maybe. I think they give you a little bit of a bonus to stay in, saying here's an extra free five yards. And you don't possibly yeah. kill yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, they do. It's just what I'm what, I, what I'm talking about is though is that how many times I mean with such strong leg kickers, you know, oh, yeah, how many times do you see a ball just boot? How much do you see a kicker just straight boot the ball in the back of the end zone and just take out the kick return? Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah, you know there's still the possibility of it being taken out and a kickoff return for a touchdown is probably one of the most exciting plays in football. I would put for it sure. at, I would say it's football's equivalent of a, a penalty shot in hockey. Uh, you know, just, just, I know that the shootout kind of made the, the, the penalty shot kind of a little eh, but just the, the rarity of it and the excitement of it, you know, for sure. Well, the kind special of, teams can gain a fumble out of it. We've all seen that shit happen. You almost, you know, you're already yeah, in the red zone. I mean, kickoffs can affect games. You know, look at the Bill Ga- big, the, one of the most famous kickoffs of all time. The big game between, in 82, I believe it was, between Cal and Stanford. The bands on the field, the bands on the field. Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to bring up kick- the City Miracle, kickoff. Titans versus Bills. There you go. You know, I'm, uh, the the play that set up, I believe the play that set up the drive that in the eighty nine Super Bowl, I believe the Kansas I believe Cincinnati's last touchdown was a was a kickoff return for a touchdown. And I believe that's what gave them the lead and then that's the rest is history. Joe leads the downfield and I believe, don't quote me on that. Mm. But I believe that's how it, it it went down. I believe that that's what put us in the position to have to drive at 92 yards in order to, to win the game. Uh, but, okay, so so going in the second half, uh, a lot different game. The offense struggled. I think that, that you saw a little bit more of what the Niners were for uh, – a lot bigger parts of the season. You know, they clearly, they, they made it a point to take George Kittle away. You know. For sure. Uh, the, I heard the announcer say well, probably, it's a little hard to focus at times, but I heard, you know, there's a lot of doubling going on on him. Well, I, I think probably defensive coaches threaten jobs if 85 caught another pass. Probably. You yeah, know, why wouldn't you? You know, so. But obviously what you saw, and I think that when you're like, we both are Adam, and I, that's why I think we work as as co-hosts. Is we both more we're taking more of a long longer view of of especially this season. You know, we've kind of been on next season 
using this season for next season. Well, and I mean, so now I evaluating and DJ yeah, Jones, yeah, Elijah yeah. Lee, you know, DJ Reed, all these guys Elijah got off the start yesterday. That's why we lost the games. Elijah Lee balls. So my thing game, about right? it is when, when you look at the broader picture, you saw how Kittle was – the focus was put on Kittle, but it put it left Dante Pettis. Trent, we, we, we had a Trent Taylor sighting. You know, uh, you had Jeff Wilson was able to make a uh, – Jeff Wilson Jr. was able to make a couple plays. And so, so you can kind of see – and also – a long-term view is, is you know, the, the, the struggles of, of the first half of the Seahawks game and, and Tampa Bay, you know, subsided. People were wide open all day yesterday. I mean, I, yeah. like, Adam, I'm telling you, wide open. Like, it was... Like you're saying, like, you know, if you would have gone through progressions or, like, obviously would just look for somebody else, like, at first. Yeah, 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 like, I'll, I'll put it this way. It was, to me and other people that were watching the game around me, it was clear that Kittle was the number one read on a lot of throws because there were opportunities for other – other people were open. And maybe even other people – I remember one time where, where uh, Dante Pettis was, was, was open deep down the middle of the field. And there was probably nobody within five, ten yards. Mm-hmm. And but clearly the, the 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 pass was was meant for Kittle, and you know it, it's fine. But so so the Shanahan system's working, and I wanted to real quick, especially second half is much more lined. I want to give Robert Sala a lot of a lot of credit. Because much maligned, you know, we, 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 we all know how harsh I've been on Solid this year. And, and I'm not saying that this saved his job, but the defense balled up yesterday. I mean, there were some breakdowns. Yeah. You know, Case Keenum missed a couple people that were wide open. You know, there, there were definitely some points left there out on that field. But I think the – most positive thing that you could take away from defensively, especially the second half when the offense stalled, and and you could, it, it, it was really tense in Levi's right right when they took, right especially right when they when it became twenty fourteen, mm-hmm. you could feel a lot of tension in Levi's because this is oh no, kind of like the moment we had been waiting for all game. You know, right, like it might like just occur, but uh, yeah. they went for um, several fourth downs. It's like kind of not forget the desperate factor of like obviously if it was in the first half they wouldn't gone for those fourth downs, and rightfully, rightfully so they were fighting for a wild card. I would go for the fourth downs too, but uh, you know they squeaked them out and got some points. Yeah, well, well the, exactly, but but the whole point, the, the, the basically the thing that I'm saying is it was tense, but you because you could tell that. It, it was especially us who have watched Niner football over the last couple of years is that mm-hmm. you could start to feel like, okay, because let's look at the 14 nothing lead we took over the Jets, for example, two years ago. You know what I'm saying? Ended up losing. So almost like we've seen this before. We built this 20 year, and just when you're thinking, oh, wow, okay, you know, we're going to have an easy, 
you know, it, all of a sudden things change, and oh, i.e. the Giants game, you know. Yeah. And it could have been a little bit our two first uh, goal line possessions, you know what I mean? We kind of choked that away. That came out of there with two field goals when they easily could have been them. Especially that first drive. I was highly sure. disappointed that first drive didn't end in a touchdown. Because to me, at the time, you know, obviously in hindsight it really didn't matter, but at the time, to me, I felt like that could be that could almost be the difference in the game. Like I thought that, you know, if we would have walked out and pushed Denver in the mouth, that that's almost I, I fully believe that that Jacksonville game was one with Jimmy D. Cool ran it up the field and spiked the ball to give us a seven nothing lead against Jacksonville. Because that that showed Jacksonville, hey, look, you know, you're you're in for a dog fight today. And so I thought that almost you know, running it in for that touchdown was going to show Denver, hey, look, you're six and six. What is it, a three, four game? That's fine. Well, guess what? You're 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 in for a fight today. So I hope you play I hope you play with boy pants. And yeah, that field goal. I'm, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. We won, but but I was highly disappointed in that field goal. But I feel that we've been hard on the defense. The defense has even cost us some games. I'm not going to lie to say that that, that, that I, I won't say the defense has cost us games, but the defense has failed to take advantage of opportunities to seal games for us. How about that? that, that I think that's a better way to put it. Right. And, you, you know, I mean, I hate to bring this up again. Injuries have obviously played a part. Let's not forget, yesterday we played, you know, the defense played pretty remarkable. If you think about it, we had five new starters, if you think about it. DJ Jones, Elijah oh, Lee, yeah. uh, DJ Reed at the squad, Exum at free safety, Harris at strong safety. I feel that the defense deserves so many props because I feel that there was times early in the years that the Broncos would have won that game. But I am so proud of the defense because essentially what they did yesterday was say, hey, look, we're just going to win this game. And, and I was proud. Marcel Harris, that, 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 that play that he had on fourth down, I did my little Gator base because um, oh, yeah. as, as, people, as people have known, Marcel Harris is a Gator, and I wanted, I wanted his autograph. I was going to have him sign my Gator shirt at training camp. But I'm super pumped about Marcel Harris. He looked just like he did at Florida. Same here. You know, before his he got been thinking about all year until he got activated, you know? And yeah, uh, hey, shout out. We held Philip Lindsay, 14 carries, 30 yards for a 2.1 average, dude. He's pretty damn good. Okay. He had that one touchdown, and, you know, that was just he, – he walked in, but he didn't do shit. It didn't really uh, – yeah, he he, no, he was a non-factor. And people were he, he was a before this game coming in. Yeah. He, he was a non-factor all day. I want to give a big shout-out to, like you said, Marcel Harris. I want to give a big shout-out to DJ Reed. DJ Reed played amazing yesterday. DJ Jones held yeah. that nose tackle spot pretty damn good, too. Shout-out both. That was going to be my third. I was going to say DJ Jones. I've been calling for DJ Jones. I yelled at him at training camp. We were kind of having a, a little bit of a conversation. And I told him, I said, look, bro, if, I said, if, if not this year, next year, you're, you're, you're going to be our starting nose tackle. I, I fully believe he's the strongest player on the team. 
No disrespect to Earl Mitchell. No disrespect. Yeah, no disrespect. I love Earl Mitchell. But the reason that DJ Jones has been down a lot this year is I think people say, oh, development, development. No, I I believe that you're not going to keep two nose tackles up on game day. You're just not going to do it. Unless you run a, 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 a three, four, you know, and a nose tackle is a, a, a foundation piece of your defense, you know, you're not going to, for four, three, you're not going to, you're not going to have a backup nose tackle. You're just going to slide in one of your, your D tackles. In the nose tackle, pretty much. So, pretty much. And Earl, that's a salary and a veteran status, you know. But Earl was was. I think that we both kind of feel that Earl Mitchell's gone after this year, and DJ. Yeah, you know, I know he can I, restructure his contract if he really wants to stay. Who who knows? But uh, at this point, uh, yeah, I would, I would say why. But I would believe. Like okay, I, I don't know. I shouldn't say that he's gone. I mean, I don't personally know that. You know, we do have cap space. You know, I don't know how they feel about him as a leader and, and whatnot. But, you know, we are a young defense, so, you know, giving away a veteran leadership, you know. But my personal belief and my personal opinion, if they think that the money that – if they feel that the money they could free up by releasing Earl Mitchell – would be a, 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 enough to be the difference between us getting, let's say, this, uh, another pass register in free agency or maybe right. another corner. Key. You free up money to use elsewhere. That's, that's pretty exactly. much my main key. I don't feel that we're going to cut Earl Mitchell just to save salary money. I believe he'll be cut with the intention of using that money to go sign player X. Exactly. And let's just say you're a team out there that needs a nose tackle. I mean, honestly, you give up like a seventh rounder. I think his cap is around like three and a half million. You know, you get yourself a solid guy for a year. You know what I mean? That could be a logic. It could be something that, you know, could occur. You never know. It doesn't have to be cut straight up. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. I, 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 we'll figure it out, you know. Right. Yeah, let's have more time with that. But basically, I, but DJ, I, I'm definitely need to start the rest of the year. Yeah, 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 and and I mean to me, as as we stand right now, I'm okay with DJ Jones being our starting nose tackle going into next season. Was basically what I was trying to get. Let's see how he finishes. You know, same with this. It's well, gonna be interesting with DJ Reed looking so good. What's happening with Kawan coming next year? I mean, no, I'm sorry, not I mean next. Well, that's that's something I was tweeted yesterday. Is he on notice? Maybe I don't know. Uh, Tavarius Moore, I see. Uh, Tavarius Moore played well yesterday. Um, two big players that I want to give a shout out to, and you know, um, let me see. Yeah, we, we still got enough time to 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 get into a little bit more before we do the Kittle Corn Player of the Week award because it's no longer game balls. We we yeah. see Adam. We're talking about that. I I came to Adam yesterday, y'all. And I pretty much said, yeah, it's no longer game balls, but it's called the George Kittle Corn Player of the Week yeah. Award. Exactly. It's like a reward. When you're, when you're so good, they just name it after you. But uh, yeah. I want to throw this out there. Shout out Dante Pettis. Last three games, two hundred. last three games combined, 255 yards, four touchdowns. What up? 
Yeah. Um, so the, the, the two big players I want to get out now, and I want to say Kilo, I personally watched, I want to say at least 10 snaps, like where I specifically had my That's eyes well. on him. All, 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 you know, that whole play, there was at least 10 snaps, and he played phenomenal. He played great. That's like his fourth yeah. or fifth solid game in a row. Like I said yeah. yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he played the, the, especially the first, I want to say the deep one, where he almost made the acrobatic catch, where, where he missed time to jump. That one, I was concerned because if, if he times that jump right, right, because when they first threw it, and I saw how he was positioned. I thought, oh, well, he, that's a pick. You know, when when it, the ball was coming in, and I saw how, and he just missed time to jump. Yeah. But it, it still the he angle still, is a little weird, you know. Yeah, yeah. He but he did what you ask of your DBs, which is to impact the play. He clearly impacted the play. For you sure. know, so it was like a drag. Like he stopped them on third down. You know, yeah, exactly. And the player that I want to give big, big, huge props to, because I'm not going to lie, even though I love him, um, I was concerned about this game. Mike McGlinchey had a fucking hell of a game. Because the only sack that I saw him give up, the only sack I saw him give up was... was probably on Mullins. It wasn't the goal line. It was him, Von Miller. Uh, I believe it was Von Miller and I want to say it was 56 or 90. It wasn't Tubbs, but it was one of the other inside players. Ran a game. And McGlinchey went to help out the guard, and, and Von Miller took it inside and then bounced it back outside and was just – he was just – McGlinchey wasn't fast enough to recover. Like, you know, yeah. it just – he was beaten. It the was just a game. The type of thing, not necessarily a blown uh, – I guess you could yeah, call it a blown he, assignment if you want to get technical, Von, but it was more like a brain fart kind of thing. Yeah. Well, it, to me, I feel that Mike McGlinchey didn't get beaten on that play. Like, he, he wasn't right, dragged right. all the side or beaten right. with the speed. Well, I think it was a little more proper to say communication. Good. Yeah, that, and I feel it was more the scheme beat it. The way that the right, play exactly. was, the defensive play was designed, what beat Mike McGlinchey more than Vaughn Miller beating Mike. Right. Mike McGlinchey had a hell of a game. That's why I you think that, you're not going to win them all. You know, you're not going to win not. them all. No, no, no. Uh, I believe Vaughn Miller had a sack, and I believe Tubbs had a sack and a half. So, um, you know, it's the age old saying: great players are going to yeah, make. Vaughn had one, Chubb had two, but one of them came off. Uh, I think that's when what's called a uh, Rich stepped on uh, Mullins's foot, and now see kind of got a preview yep, yep, on that yep, one. Yep, yep. And then, and then yeah, and obviously I, mean, I think person, what's his name? Uh, I think actually I mean, both person, of them I think came on a preview because but, then McGlinchey I mean, was the one at the goal line. Anyways, but. I mean, basically, great players are going to make plays. But yeah. if you ask me who played the better game yesterday or who had more of it, did Von Miller have the type of impact on the game that we know Von Miller can have, or, or Tubbs for that matter? No. Definitely not. Oh, you can't. I was Definitely like, who the hell is Tubbs? Sorry to correct, Chubbs? Or you're saying Chubbs, or I'm just Chubbs. retarded and not hearing you good? 
my bad, my bad. Chubbed. Why do I keep on saying? I was like, you know what? Like, I, I had a defensive tackle. I just didn't pay attention to. Yeah, Chubb. My what? You know what it was? It was for Chubb. I keep on for, for. I keep on remember. I I just kept on thinking about the the old school play Niner, uh, Winford Tubbs. That's funny. That yeah. that's just who kept on. Sorry, Chubb. Yeah, my bad. We have uh, relatively both in check. Yeah, they got a few pressures, but uh, I think overall, I but yeah, my job, is, you know. I I to me, it's almost. Uh, when I see when I look at Mike McGlinchey, I look at George Kittle. I get nervous because I'm almost I'm so excited that I'm almost like paranoid excited. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like almost like, okay. This this I love this part of the season because we're not sweating anything. Oh, I, I do like, too. Budget, go out there and play. And you you see carefree and and but my thing about it is is I remember I remember when Cap first hit the seat. And it was Cap Media, and you remember Cap was gonna, Cap was gonna change the NFL, and he changed the position of quarterback forever, and we were gonna win eight million Super Bowls, and you know what I'm saying? And look how yeah. that happened. And look, how, look now, it was not all Cap's fault. I'm not saying Cap was bad. You know, yeah. gone was Vernon Davis, gone was you know Michael Crabtree, gone was Anquan Bolden, gone was Frank Gore, gone was Mike. You know. We all know what happened to with Colin Kaepernick. You know, I think what we saw is Colin Kaepernick was a great quarterback when he had a good team around him. So, 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 sure. you know, so, I, but, I mean, Mike McGlinchey is, is, I feel blessed because we can go into next year with, 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 in theory, let's just say it's Joe's last year, but we're in what, the best position I think we could possibly be because we know who Joe Staley's replacement is. Yeah, and let's been talking about that. Hey, we're going to leave McGlinchey on the right side. We're going to slot him over to the left and draft a new right. I mean, uh, hey, that's when we can feel good about Shanahan calling those shots and he'll figure it out, you know. I, I, even if even if Mike McGlinchey stays on the right side, I'm okay with that, you know. Right. Like he said totally himself, like, hey, he said, last time I checked, right tackles are still getting, you know, still playing in the NFL, so I think I'll be okay. Like, you know, yeah. but I think that what you're seeing is, is sometimes in sports, I think we love to talk in hindsight. So, for example, Scott McLuhan, you know, we all remember Scott McLuhan. Scott McLuhan looked at as the person who essentially built the Harbaugh Niners. Scott McLuhan is, is generally given the credit for, for, for building the Harbaugh Niners. Sure. You know, and everybody talks about essentially it was him, theoretically, that drafted Alden Smith. Um, you know, Vernon Davis, Patrick Willis. You know, Navarro Bowman. Well, Alton Smith, that was – well, you know, they talk about, you know, the draft board could have been partially set, which pretty much the same thing before, obviously, uh, Lynch and, and uh, Shanahan came in. But uh, yeah. I, in my opinion, Trimbaugh should get more of the credit for Alden. And I don't even know if you can get that much credit with the career derailing that Alden ended up having. Yeah, exactly. But I remember at the time, Robert Quinn 
was like the guy that everybody kind of wanted and I wanted. And then, uh, yeah. you know, safe yeah. to say, obviously, if you would have kept his head straight, all of them was a better pick. But uh, that's good. Well, I, well, anyway, I think he built is, a, it wasn't perfect, but he built a structure. He built a foundation. Well, this is what I think, just, just to touch on Alden Smith real quick, is I'll give Trent Baalke credit with this. Was Alden Smith a bad pick, football-wise? No. No. Because your lemon draft could have been legendary, man. <laughs> I mean, it is could what you, it is. But. Could you, the way I look at it is, now, I, I personally don't know because I didn't dig into Alden Smith's history or, or anything like that, but did you could you believe that he was going to, you know, have the issues that he did? No, not with Alden Smith. Yeah. I don't remember hearing anything about it. So that's not – now, with Ruben Foster, you could point a little bit of the blame on, on, on John Lynch because those were – there were – those concerns. Right. We traded up with him for the second round, so it wasn't like we took him as at number three, so, you know, that yeah. has to be said. Basically, if it wasn't for the Saints, we would have took him second round, I believe. But my whole part, yeah, the whole way I look at it is, personally, this is how I look at it, is everybody always talks about Scott McCoy, which he was a great GM, but they don't talk about the Rashawn, you know, they don't talk about the the Kentuan Bombers, the Mike Rump. Exactly. Shiloh you know Rochelle and all those kind those. of shits. Exactly. You know, um, Nate, well, Nate Clemens actually was a pretty pretty decent player. But, yeah, you we know, were this, it, we, we were extremely desperate, and they knew that. <laughs> Very desperate. They, they played the Niners for that contract. Nate Clemens wasn't worth that, that amount of money. He was a good player, but he he got paid that because we were extremely desperate. Um, yeah. But anyway. Yeah, that's what you have to do sometimes. Shit. There ain't nothing wrong with but, that. But, you want to so talk I to the little great that, at times? You just got to cop it up. Well, hey, yeah. Look, look at getting juice. Yeah. Did we probably overpay for juice? No. I don't think so. I, I think that because I don't play three positions. Exactly. I don't feel that you can ever put a price tag on the best of something in the NFL. When you can say a player is the the best at his position in the NFL, there's no price tag to that. To me, in my personal Shanahan scheme, where we run a two back set, exactly. Especially is like, sure, does it make sense for every person to pay a fullback that much? No, because the majority of teams don't use the, the fullback as much as Shanahan does. Exactly. You know, but the point is when you add in what juice could, but so the point that that I make, and then we'll get into the George Kittle players of the week. But um, mm-hmm. the, the point I want to make is look at George Kittle, look at Dante Pettis, look at Mike McGlinchey, look at Fred Warner, look at DJ mm-hmm. Reed. Look at some of these players over the last year or two. That I'm not saying have arrived sure. or whatever, but we can kind of point to and say that are intriguing. Uh, it, it look like building pieces going forward. You're right. starting to see this team develop, and you're starting to see players where you point to and you could say, okay, I could see them sticking around for a while. You right. know. I could see them and being I, on I a super. Let something team. in the mix. Not everyone needs to be a huge impact player. What's also very important is 
let's just say going into next year and X amount of guys are still on the roster, meaning, you know, they're push starters, they're there for death, whatever. Like, that's true when you don't have to pay veterans to be your backups and push starters and so forth. Like, it's, it's there's, there's a lot of value still mm-hmm. on guys just simply being solid roster pieces on the 53. You know what I'm saying? So not everybody needs to be the biggest impact guy. For example, if we yeah. find a free safety and Colbert's the backup, hey, he's making peanuts. Maybe he'll be ready eventually, you know, when the other free safety goes or whatever. You never know. But guys sticking on the roster is valuable, even if they're not the biggest impact guy. And to me, also what we can't – and then this will be the last point that I make before we get to the George Kittle players of the week. Um, what I think can't be um, underestimated is Adrian Colbert is a better football player because of the football that he played. DJ Reed is going to be a better football player because the player, you know, so you never know because sometimes, sometimes you're only counted on for two plays in a season. You never know those two. Look at Dan Buns. I guarantee you, if Dan Buns doesn't make the goal line tackle that he did in the Super Bowl, nobody knows who the hell Dan Buns is. You feel me? Uh-huh. He, he, you know what I'm saying? He, he, he's not going down in nine or more. I mean, he, he has, but he wasn't a super impact player. He wasn't a defensive captain or MVP. He was just a, 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 just a starting linebacker. But he made the uh-huh. most important play during that season that led us right. to the championship. And so, exactly. you know, Adrian Colbert doesn't have to be the greatest starting safety. If Adrian Colbert's our free safety next year, he doesn't have to right. be the world's greatest, you know, free safety. Well, he just needs to be a good – He just needs to be a good free safety is all. But uh, before we get out of here real quick, before we get out of here, um, why don't you go ahead and – Give us your, your players of the of the week, Adam. Perfect. Well, uh, I'm sorry, doing the last second math really quick. So, uh, so let's just, in Seattle, we know about Jeff Wilson. You know, he had 61 yards rushing and uh, 73 receiving. So, it puts him at uh, 134 for as far as the scrimmage mm-hmm. yards go. And yesterday he had 96 script, uh, scrimmage yards, uh, which pretty much rushing and receiving. So, the last couple of weeks combined, you know, he's over 200 scrimmage yards. So, you know, for being the little gem and coming all, all the way along from being four string at one point and now to the starter, I'm going to give my office game ball to, uh, to Jeff Wilson, just obviously for the simple fact, you know, who else ended up pairing it up yesterday. And I'll give myself give DJ Reed. Played great at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. You know, looked better than John Williams, in my opinion. But Broncos were a little hobbled. You know, Emmanuel Sanders, whatever. Sure, I don't want to hear that. Steal. Another fifth round steal. <laughs> I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear about them missing Emmanuel Sanders. I will give them this. It's it's it is hard because this is their first game and they didn't have that long to prepare and they had to scrap a game. But you know what? I don't want to hear about how you're missing Emmanuel Sanders oh, no. as we're missing Pierre Gasson, as we as we're missing Matt Breida, as we're missing Jarek McKinnon, as we're missing Jimmy G. Cool, as we're missing Adrian Cole. So I don't want to hear about how you're missing Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, no, no. DJ Reed and um, Jeff Wilson. They, yeah. I, and this is one thing. I, I t- so first, I totally agree with your picks. Awesome picks. I just want to make one comment. Uh, what you said about Jeff Wilson, and you used the word gem. 
And I say that this is very positive for Niner fans is it doesn't seem that the apple fell too far from the tree as far as Kyle and Mike Shanahan. His dad was famous for being able to pick any running back pretty much, it seemed, and throwing him in the system, and he was a thousand-yard rusher. And who the hell is Jeff Wilson Jr.? Who the hell is Matt Days? You know, who are some of these running backs that that Kyle Shanahan's able to get and throw in the system and – I'm not saying that Jeff Wilson Jr. is gonna, you know, the next Terrell Davis, but he clearly is a capable NFL back. I hate to even like, say uh, that. He looks like a poor man's Terrell Davis. Yeah, poor man's Terrell Davis. Yeah. Uh, so He's big shout, shout out to Bobby Turner, um, Bobby Turner, the scouts, you know, everybody that puts in their work. But um, I would say big props to to Bobby Turner and and obviously Kyle Shanahan. For 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 uh, the ability to, to be able to far, offense, the running game is going and hopefully the offensive line is nice and gelled up for Jimmy for next year. So that's a very big problem. Well, yes, I mean we we came into this. We said it last week that we both are confident in our ability to run the football next year, and that oh, yeah. neither one of us felt that neither one of us felt that there was our. I'll put it the way we put, I put it last week, is that I feel that there's bigger needs on the team to upgrade than offensive line next year. You know, so so yeah, we're okay with offensive. That's very positive to, to to go in there, and and also let's not forget that we're a lot better than a lot of other teams because whether it's true or not, you know, fine, he hasn't proven much, but we also know who our quarterback is. And that's a big piece of the, the quote-unquote rebuild is is that, you know, at least we are confident in our, our, our quarterback going under center next year. Um, all right, well, before I get out of here. You know, just nothing to sneeze at. Well, exactly. Well, I, I, so, so um, I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll do, I'll, I'll do my game balls. Uh, I'll do my game balls real quick, and then I want to um, ask you this question real quick. Um, I'm going to go ahead and go to Mike McGlinchey. I feel that um, Mike McGlinchey is my offensive. I had to. I was thinking about that yesterday as I was watching him play. Uh, Akilah Weatherspoon and Mike McGlinchey were, were the two players I really keyed in on that yesterday and, and watched. I like it. I like it. And Mike McGlinchey, yeah, he – it was amazing. It was like watching a young Joe Staley. You know, it, right. it, it's amazing what he's been able to do as a rookie. And especially considering that the big concern with him going in was his pass blocking. You know, every, yeah. everybody was like, he's going to be fine as a run blocker. He'll be, you know, the the, the work in progress was going to be the pass block, and that's come along smooth. But the pass blocking especially is. Especially I mean, a new scheme, which is pretty complex. Exactly. You know, people are on Richburg a little bit. I, mean, I think he'll do really, I think hopefully he'll finish the last three games pretty solid. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's obviously going to be things that he needs to work on techniques, technique wise, or or being more consistent, or you know, better during against this pass rush move. There will be things that coaches, you know, can can go into his game and pick apart, you know, in the off season yeah. and, and stuff. But you know, Mike McGlinchey is is a great pick. Defensively, 
I think just because of how hard I've been on, how how much I've really rode with Aquila, I'm gonna give it to Aquila Witherspoon. Just because I was so high on him going into the season, I got really low, and and, and you know I'm I, I want to stick by him. I want to believe in him. I don't yeah. think he's gonna be Pro Bowl Deion Sanders shutdown corner. I don't think he's the next coming of Richard Sherman. But I do believe he'll be like Eric Davis, and Eric Davis well, from back in the nineties. Yeah. If he can stay a very solid corner, right? Exactly, so just a very solid corner. Come on, no, yeah. you know, <laughs> rotating doors at safety spots, lack of edge rush. You know what I mean? Dealt with the injuries. I mean, I'm not keeping my own. Exactly. All and also, I think that really this is going to help Akilo mature. Not just as a football player, but also as a man too. You know, facing some adversity. He's faced adversity this year, and I think that you know. And I think that everybody has to. By the way, also be, before I forget, big condolences to the York family for their passing of their of Tony York. Um, that that is extremely sad. Um, sure. I was so happy that the Niners got the win for 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 the Yorks yesterday. You could tell that the team sure. came out inspired. The team came out and yeah. inspired and, and, you know, came out to play for – because he was a part owner. He, he's just – he's – he was an owner. I believe all the Yorks have ownership in the Niners. It's just yeah. Denise, John, and Jed are kind of the more face of, you know, ownership. They're the ones that are more out there. You know, of course, yeah. Jed being the CEO and then Denise and John – of course, they used to, you know, run the team. But they're the, you know, yeah. I believe that you, all the children have a, a piece of the the, the Niners. But um, oh, yeah, I'm sure. uh, our condolences and thoughts and prayers go out to um, to uh, the York family. Um, it's believed that he took his own life. I just want to take this opportunity, having my best one of my best friends take his own life as well. Um, well years ago. Look, if you ever need anything or or anybody, bro, like I don't give a damn if I know you, bro. But like, if you ever feel that it's that bad, bro, come holler at me, please. I'm on Facebook. Right. I'm on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? You're a Niner fan. Right. Nobody cares. I care. You know what I'm saying? If you if you bleed red and gold, I care about you, family. Well, shout out to his sister. Took his took her own life yeah. away too, and he's been a big advocator yeah. in trying to bring awareness to you know. Exactly. Uh, and, you know, campaigning, the suicide line, if you're ever going through anything and all that. Try to use your resources. You know, there's good people around you. Exactly. Look, you know, if, if nobody cares, you know, and, and I know this, I don't want to make it seem like I'm I'm not trying to offend anybody or anything, but if you bleed, obviously more than if you bleed red and gold, but if you bleed red and gold, bro, I care. So come holler at me. You know what I'm saying? And it, it ain't that hard. Um so, with also that being said, Michael Glinchy, a killer with this spoon, my offensive players. Now, before one real quick thing before we get out of here, Nick, because we actually are way over, and I'm probably going to get yelled at. But um, if your Kyle Shanahan calls you, says Adam, Nick Mullins, C.J. Beathard, who's back up to to, to Jimmy oh next God. year? Obviously, let's just let's just keep it real. Shanahan is just, you know, being a little caring over CJ's feelings and all that. And honestly, I would kind of do something along the same lines, but hey, 
we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. If anything, he told Mullins, like, hey, listen up. Right now, you have to leave. I don't want you to get comfortable. I don't want you to be content with anything. And, yeah, but we'll be yeah. in competition next year. And, really, if you're the better player, like, obviously, Nick Mullins has shown to be, you're thinking to yourself, like, yeah. hey, it's all good. And, really, inside you, maybe you're chuckling a little bit. But, uh, obviously, Nick Mullins, what, dude, has, dude has had a combination of over 800 yards, like 830 840, something along those lines. It couldn't yeah, have a touchdown. You know? In the last two games, she has put up the last player to Sorry, I don't Sorry, 700. It's either it's the most sense, or regardless, he's in a sentence with Joe Montana for most yards in two games in Niner history. Yeah. So I don't, I can't remember if he passed his record or was the most since Joe or something. But whenever you're a quarterback and you're just mentioned in the same sentence with Joe Montana, I mean, come on, <laughs> that, that's saying something. And I think it's funny that that we bring that up because, to me, you had brought up uh, how you know I had brought up his lack of his quote unquote lack of arm strength. You had brought up that that Joe didn't exactly have the strongest arm. You know, Joe didn't exactly have a cannon. And so, to me, he has a little bit of the it factor like Joe. I'm not saying he's going to be Joe or anything like that. But but, Joe's He just has a little moxie. Just a little bit of of confidence. Because, I mean, I remember Ron Miller. Southern swag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just some southern, just cocky, just southern, you know, just just badass, you know, just big dick Nick. You know what I'm saying? A little good call, Adam. A little Brett Farvish. Just a little bit of that gunslinger, you know. I mean, that's the guy. Yeah. The same school. Brett Farvish looked after him. They talked on NFL Network. They talked behind the scenes. All that shit, you know. uh, Beat all his records at at Ole Miss. Yeah, they obviously threw the ball more than Brett Favre, but right, Southern Miss, Southern why did I say uh, yeah. Why did I say Ole Miss? So the, I was thinking Patrick Wolf. Ole Miss. Yep. Um, Southern Miss. Anyway, but um, I, obviously not better than Jimmy G. Cool. You know, um, obviously, you know, of course, let's be real. Shanahan's going to essentially say what you just said. Is that they're going to be a, there's going to be a competition? I mean, which 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 really tells you that he's already prepared. I shouldn't say already prepared, but he's already thinking the Bethards, uh, that Mullins is going to be the backup. Just because this year it was straight CJ's our, our backup, no ifs ands or buts about it. That's just the way it is. And the fact that he's clearly came out and said that there's going to be a competition. He's not going to have. He's not going to say that there's going to be a competition if he doesn't believe that Nick Mullins can win that competition. Well, oh, wow! in the position that we're no. in, not trying to say I'm guaranteeing anybody a job next year. You know what he's well, trying no, to no, 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 like, no. Hey, nothing's given. Like for next year too, you're playing for something all the way through yeah. until next preseason. You know, which is the right call. Hey, uh, seriously, you know, I think that that. Cutting Ruben Foster beyond, you know, what it showed a message to the team, too, is that I believe that we really had to do it because, you know, I'm pretty sure Shanahan said to the point, something to the lines of, look, I said that when you came back from the bye, your actions needed to, to show that you wanted to be a part of this team going forward. 
Clearly, his actions were showing that he didn't want to be a part of this team going forward. So we did what we had to do. Anybody else not want to? You know, anybody else not want to be a part of this team going forward? Raise your hand. You know what I'm saying? And I bet you a bunch of people shut up and got their shit together. You know. And so I think that. Definitely when, have an opportunity in terms of, hey, you know, it doesn't matter where you're drafted. Yeah, doesn't. Doesn't matter where you're drafted. And so my whole thing is when you look at the broader picture, all this going through, the, the, the personal demons that, that, that players are going through themselves, Solomon Thomas with his, um, you know, with his sister dying, or committing suicide, yeah. uh, with his spoon with his play. And his injuries, uh, Marquis Goodwin, with his uh, per- family, uh, what he's going through personally with yep. his family, uh, Jimmy G. Cool with his injury, you know, uh, Jarek McKinnon with his injury, and think about it, Jimmy G. Cool and Jarek McKinnon were both given an opportunity that they never had before, which is to be starters in the NFL. Yeah, you know, they they were brought mm-hmm. in to be our starting running back and our starting quarterback, you know, mm-hmm. and and so all this adversity. You know, uh, I think I, I have a big feeling that Jimmy G. Cool and Juice or are, are Jet are going to be uh, very close because they're going to go through this adversity together. Sure. You know, yeah. same going through yeah, and, and 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 they're going to, you know, and you're going through personal demons and and you learn to battle through adversity and and it drives you and and just honestly, if you're given an opportunity. Anybody go there and watch the post game victory, basically the victory speech yesterday. At Jed York um, comes and he speaks and he actually gets very emotional. And he talks about brotherhood. And I also shared the speech on my um, Facebook, on the Niner Faith, Faithful Radio Facebook. But I'll share it to Twitter too. But he 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 talks about brotherhood and. Man, that speech and and it, 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 you could be the biggest Jed York hater, but when he gives you that that speech, I could tell that he a cared like he really was fired up and 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 believed, and it just something about the way what he said no and the way he job. Put it, it was no acting job. It wasn't no acting job. He was very emotional. He just lost his baby brother. You know what I'm saying? And they're probably hella close raised in the 49ers family, you know, with, with yeah. AD and I mean, everybody. Think, like, let's not act like this exactly. guy just, like, and graduated and, like, you know what? I'm going to become a 49er football fan, you know? Like, no, that's not how it went. It, it's And also what I think is that, which you got, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, Jed only has two other sisters. So this is his only brother. So they're probably close as hell. You know, they were growing up playing football together and all that stuff. And like you said, yeah, they, I mean, this is not somebody like myself or you who just grew up being Niner. This is somebody who literally grew up, like, in locker rooms. Like, exactly. you know, you you talk about having Jerry Rice show up to your birthday party. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, your godfather sitting on Jennifer – you know, Jed York always jokes about sitting on Jennifer Montana. You don't think Tony York ever sat on Jennifer Montana's lap? Maybe not Jennifer Montana, but maybe Steve Young's wife. <laughs> you know, so the point. Yeah. So uh, I'll go ahead and let you go after this, but uh, you know, just to wrap it up, 
I believe that it might not happen this year. It may happen, you know, four years from now, six years from now. But I be- that after hearing Jed talk yesterday, a lot of the question marks I had about Jed went away. Because I just, just by what he did yesterday is that, you know what, I, I, I'm a firm believer of that success breeds success. You know, successful people are around other successful people. So I, I really believe that Jed can't grow up as close as it's rumored that he is to his uncle and just not have any of that rub off. And I think about it yesterday, like if you, the whole cheap mantra and bullshit, once again, a lot of these fans are probably from the people that bought season tickets and bullshit and feel like they lost money, whatever, whatever. You're not cheap. And once again, you fire Jim Tom Tula and Jim Kelly. You need all those like four, like combined, like that's like seven, seven, I'm sorry. If they got four year contracts, let's say that they, he just ate six years worth of dead money. You don't just do that if you're a cheap. Like, obviously, yeah. he went on land with Kyle Shanahan knowing that's what he had to do for the future, you know? And, and this is what I say is, is now you can make an argument, and I understand that, yes, just because you're successful in business, they're like, look at the Cowboys. They're very successful as far as money is concerned. They're probably one of the richest NFL, probably one of the richest sports franchise in the world, you know? Yeah. They're the Dallas Cowboys. But, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, always generate the football success. But, right. you know, I, the, the Yorks are successful, you know, a uh, business. This is clear. You know, they're, they're very successful business people. And so I believe in who they hire. And I believe that, you know, I think a lot of people look at the football team, you know, they always look at the football team and coaches, but they don't understand the equipment staff, the the trainers, the masseuses, the chefs, the everything that goes into making a, a championship organization. And True. so, you know, and so it it's coming. And I think that yesterday was probably the best. Yesterday is when I told you that I think we're going to win yesterday is essentially what I wanted to see. I wanted to see some, some players, whether they be younger players, older, but some players that we, I could point to and say, Hey, look, because of player X, I I, I feel better going into next year. And I thought that that was, I, I thought was what happened yesterday was going to, what was going to happen is eventually that these younger players would start making plays those plays would lead to wins. And that's exactly what happened yesterday. And lo and behold, we're blessed enough that the white teams won. We, we still got the first overall pick. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Me personally, right. I'm Only never mad. The Vikings I, can beat the Seacocks tonight. That'd be a treat. There you go. There you go. And um, I'm never a, I'm never a person who's mad when we win. But if we're going to finish the season 13 and three, would I rather have won next next week than this week? You know, would I rather have won next Sunday than yesterday? Sure, but I'm not mad. I mean, we're three and thirteen. We got to win for the you know win for Tony York. I think that yep. players are starting to believe, and the key is that. Also, I think this can't be underlooked. 
and especially gets back to what we were first talking about in the beginning of the show. We're three and three at Levi's. And so, okay. you know, so I might say, let's just say we beat the she- Seahawks or the Bears, which well, I, I don't think that's we'll what's going to be what's interesting. If the Seahawks lose tonight, they're going to be seven and six. So we could literally put a dagger in their possible playoff hopes next week at home. So that's going to be very interesting if they exactly. lose tonight. Exactly. Exactly. And so my whole thing about it is, is you know, it may not seem a big deal, but having a five record at at home, you know, because I mean, right. half of your games are at home. If you can say that you can win half your, if you could say you could have. If I told you, Adam, I can guarantee you for the next six years, the Niners will have at least five wins at home every year, at least five. You ta- I, most people would take that because you figure, okay, so you figure if you get five wins at home to be a 10-win team, you only got to get five wins at, you know what I'm saying? To be 500, you only got to right. get three wins on the line. You know what I'm saying? You have a shot. You, you, you have a playoff shot. Exactly. You have a you, you. You can be in danger of getting stuck like the Yams were for a while, where they weren't. They weren't bad enough to be a horrible, you know, needed a top ten pick, but they weren't good enough to be a playoff team. They're kind of just stuck right. in that eight mo- eight mode during the Jeff yeah, Fisher it was years. Like us before Harbaugh. It's kind of like us. Before yeah, exactly. Kind of exactly. So you can get in danger of that, but but little things like that. Like little things like having a winning record at home, or even five hundred, even being four. Right. For sure. Hopefully next year's shit. I, you know, I'm sure. I'm always once again. I'm always always hoping for the best, preparing for the worst. Shit. I hope next year we can get six, seven wins at home. You know. I mean, I always. My, I really believe my, my, good things are coming next year. I'm excited. Well, my goal. My goal is always. My goal is always, you know, eight and zero at home. I mean, that's just my goal going into every season is sweep the division and and go eight and zero at home. So you figure that's eleven and five, just 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 off a of deal. Yeah, hey, I mean that's pretty much what that's what Seattle was doing all these years. They were just on it at home and just sweep out enough on the road. Well, you figure, I mean, Seattle won pretty much. They won a lot of. They pretty much were a uh, playoff contender a lot of years because they would go seven and one, eight and zero at home. Exactly. They would sweep us, which adds another you know win. On, uh, so that's a win on the road. They would usually lose to the to the Yams, but then they would beat up. So they essentially beat up on us in the Cardinals, and very rarely lost at home. And that was able to get them to win the division year after year after year. Yeah. Hi, brother. Well, it was awesome having you on this week, Brad. Really appreciate it. Uh, always appreciate you having me on, my friend. All right, guys. Well, uh, all I got to say is go Vikings. And uh, I'll see you all next week. Thank you so much. All right, bye. All right, y'all. We appreciate it so much. We're going to go ahead and get off of here. We went, uh, we went really long today. But all right, y'all. I shall see you all next week. We're going to say faith, love, and happiness. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.